This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program. You have a warning. Today's topic, coin incident. Now, this happened back in 1967. It's an incident where a Army Reserve helicopter had a close encounter with a UFO. Actually, it was a near miss. Now, the article that I uh, found about this was on HuffPost, but there's a bunch of different YouTube videos. There's even one of uh, Rod Sterling uh, where... Uh, he reports on what happened, and they have an interview with the helicopter crew. There's an interview out there also with a police officer who was a reserve uh, officer or medic on that helicopter as well. And some really fascinating stuff to look back, you know, uh, 53 years in the past to see these interviews and to have these really reliable witnesses just tell what happened in their own words. Now, this article on the HuffPost is from... Uh, October 18th, 2013. It says, the title is, Army Helicopters UFO Scare, Still a Mystery, 40 Years Later. It starts out, it says, 40 years ago, a four-man crew of an Army Reserve helicopter was flying over Mansfield, Ohio, around 11 p.m., when they encountered a near-mid-air collision with an unidentified flying object, according to the official report signed and submitted by the crew after the incident. A full explanation for this terrifying UFO close encounter was never has never been offered, and to this day, the helicopter UFO incident remains one of the most credible and terrifying in the history of the subject. It goes on. The commander of the helicopter, Major Larry Coyne, and his crew thought at first that the light on the horizon was a radio tower beacon. Now, if you watch the documentaries uh, where they actually interview the guy, he talks about being in the helicopter. They were headed uh, from the south to the north. They looked off to the right. Now, he was piloting the helicopter from the right side of the vehicle. He looks out to his right, and he sees off at the edge of the horizon this red light. He explains that the visibility they could see to the horizon line, which was approximately 15 miles away. The uh, other officer says he was in the left. At that time, couldn't uh, really see it, but the major did. Now, the police officer in the back uh, at the chopper also talks about seeing it, and they all describe the same thing. This red, uh, looks like a radio light beacon, clear off to the right of the chopper out on the horizon. He says, we were flying along at about 2,500 feet when the crew chief on the helicopter observed a red light on the east horizon. He then informed me that the light was closing on the helicopter, that it was coming at us on a, complete, on a collision course, Konya told his reporter in 1960, this reporter in 1975. Now think about this. They know it's traveling at a high rate of speed because if the horizon line's 15 miles away, and they see it clear out there on the edge of the horizon line, and all of a sudden this thing is zooming toward them. Well, gosh, if this is happening in under a minute, if it's traveling 15 miles, say, in a minute, you know, a mile a minute is 60 mile an hour. So 15 
miles a minute. 15 times 60, what, 900? I mean, this thing would be traveling uh, one and a half times the speed of sound. This is a, just would be an incredible speed. He goes on, he says, I looked to the right and observed that the object became bigger and the light became brighter, and I began to descend the helicopter toward the ground to get out of the collision course of path. We were descending, and this object was like a missile locked onto the helicopter, only it came at us on a, on a perpendicular angle to hit us almost broadside. So here this thing had been traveling along with them, and then all of a sudden it veers off toward them from 15 miles away. He described it like a missile. It looked like we were going to collide with it, and we braced for impact. And then I heard the crewman in the back say, Look up! And I observed this craft stopped, directly in front of us, stopped. It was hovering right over the helicopter. Now think about that. They see this red light orb clear out on the horizon line to the right. They're going south-north. This thing is to the east. They see it 15 miles away. It just comes smoking up on them, like at multiple times the speed of sound. The pilot puts the chopper into a dive to try to keep from getting uh, basically blown out of the sky by this thing. And then all of a sudden, boom, they look up in the air and hear the spacecraft is not coming toward them, but it's above them. It's almost like it just disappeared from one spot and reappeared in another spot, phasing in and out. This is a common thing that we see with these UFOs. Even though they appear to be mechanical in shape and size and texture, they had this ability to phase in and out. It's, it, it's almost like an interdimensional thing where they're here and then they're somewhere else. It goes on, it says, It looked like we were going to collide with it, and we braced for impact. And then I looked, and then I heard this, the crewman in the back say, Look up, and I observed this craft stopped directly in front of us stopped. It was hoovering right over the helicopter. It goes on, he says, with the unknown object hovering in the air above the helicopter, Coyne and his crew suddenly noticed a light coming out of the craft, out of the aft end of it, a light that swung 90 degrees and came into their cabin. It was a bright green light, and all of the red lights that we utilized for night navigation were dissolved in this green light. The whole cabin turned green. It hit all of us directly in the face. Coin and his crew knew they were encountering they were encountering something extraordinary. Now this is another thing that we come back to again and again and again in these UFO encounters. When you get close to these things, it's the light, whether it's blue, green, red, whatever. In this case it was green. It has this enveloping property where it just seems to be the, the light has a density to it which seems to eliminate shadows it's like a floodlight like being on a stage maybe but this thing just comes in and it floods the cabin of this helicopter it completely fades out the red light that's there naturally it's like this light has some sort of extra energy or power to it that normal sunlight doesn't contain. He says we assumed it was high. We we assumed it was a high performance fighter, but when it stopped directly in front of us, then all of us realized that was no high performance aircraft. This craft, from the angle that we saw, it was cigar shaped. It had no wings, no vertical or horizontal stabilizer. Was approximately fifty feet. 
It was approximately 60 feet long, 15 to 20 feet in height. What occurred next was like something out of a science was like something out of science fiction. We were at 1,700 feet, Cohen recalled. When this craft began to move slowly to the west away from us, at this time, I was worried we were going to hit the ground. And I looked at my altimeter, and our helicopter was at 3,500 feet, climbing 1,000 feet a minute. With no changes in control, we went from 1,700 feet to 3,500 feet in a matter of seconds and never knew it. Now, if you watch the interviews on YouTube, and you can find these, they're all over the place, but they talk about how... They put the chopper into a dive to avoid a collision. But suddenly they see this UFO above and in front of them, and they and the light coming down into them. And they describe that light as a pyramid shape coming down out of this UFO. I mean, this is a this is a well defined cone of light coming down out of that UFO, which fills the chopper, and then. As they come to the end of this incident, they look down and realize that they're not at 1,700 feet where they thought they were. They're not at 1,000 feet where they thought they were. They're at 3,500 feet, climbing 1,000 feet a minute. And they talk about they didn't even feel the G-forces of it. Whatever this thing was, it had taken control of the chopper. And while the chopper was supposed to be going down, it completely overrode the, overrode the controls of that thing and brought it up toward itself. It's almost as if this might have been a failed abduction attempt. You have to wonder if they weren't somehow trying to lock onto that chopper for some nefarious reasons. It goes on and says, We went from 1,700 feet to 3,500 feet in a matter of seconds and never knew it. The helicopter topped out at 3,800 feet and the four men felt a bump, like turbulence, at which time we had control of the aircraft again. I had control, and we went back down to 2,500 feet, and then continued to Cleveland, Coin said. As far as the vehicle itself, there's no doubt in our minds that what it looked like, a craft that can move at terrific speeds in excess of 1,000 knots, that's like twice the speed of sound. And then stop on a dime, maintains altitude, can change altitude, climb, descend. To encounter a UFO and approaches your aircraft, you have no idea what it is. I think if it wanted to collide with us, it could have. You can't get away from it. You don't have that much time to respond. That's interesting observations by this pilot. And you kind of wonder what's going on when the captain of the Nimitz tells us that he has to keep the skies clear of these things. You wonder how you're going to keep the skies clear of things that can do this. Lending credibility to this case were eyewitnesses on the ground who observed the UFO helicopter encounter. The Army didn't prevent Coyne and his crew from speaking out about their experience. In fact, Coyne was allowed to recount the UFO incident to the United Nations in 1978, as seen below, under the sponsorship of Grenada. Well, you notice it wasn't the U.S. sponsoring it. Interesting. And then it has a, on the HuffPost article, has a video uh, posted there. It says, this 1973, or photograph, I guess, this 1973 UFO incident, while certainly dramatic and terrifying for the helicopter crew involved, is not the only time that conventional aircraft have had encounters 
with unknown objects. Many crew members of major airlines have witnessed unusual objects near the aircraft, but have been reluctant to tell their story. And then it goes on. It has a couple of other um, incidents listed here. It's a very interesting article. But this coin incident is something that you can you can learn a lot more about uh, online. I found the interviews uh, really uh, interesting. There is a little short documentary on YouTube, and they interview uh, the fellow who was... These are reserve uh, uh, folks from the Army Reserve. They interview uh, the police officer who happened to be on board. He was a medic. And he talks about how they didn't even feel the G-forces go up and down. And after the incident happened, he specifically went in and had another police officer tape record his uh, report, his, his, his testimony about what happened, because he wanted that preserved. I thought that was interesting. These guys went on a limb. Secondly, they were coming back. The reason that they were in the chopper was is they'd all gone for their uh, flight physical that day. They'd all passed their physical and their annual physical, and they'd all been determined to be uh, flight-worthy. In other words, they were physically and mentally capable of uh, serving in that chopper and or flying that chopper. So you have you have these uh, Army Reserve officers and this police officer. These are, th- these are top-notch, uh, reliable witnesses. After the incident happened, there was that report that was done with the uh, pilot, and the, the three uh, must have been full-time uh, Army Reserve guys. And you can watch that little video. It's about a five-minute video. It's just super matter to the fact sort of stuff that they just relay what happened. How they were just flying this chopper along, you know, at about 2,500 feet. They look out the right side, and here close up at the horizon is this red orb. The, the next thing you know, this thing's coming, just coming at them like a, like a, a Hellcat fire missile or something. They put the chopper into a dive. And then they look up, and here's this giant cigar-shaped UFO with a green light, uh, green cone of light shining down on their chopper, as if they're just held there, transfixed, as it fills the light in this chopper. And it turns out that they haven't been going down; they've been going up. This UFO just took control of these things. Now the police officer talks about that too, and he points out to the fact that after this was all said and done, after they got the, cha- the, the chopper safely back landed it, got it put away. He, he refers to the chopper. He says from then on, it was, it was what was known as a hanger queen. He said that chopper was uh, severely damaged by that encounter. They could never get the radio to work right. They had electronics problems with it. I mean, the whole thing was a nightmare to deal with. Now, you combine the testimony of these people that were on the chopper, and we also have uh, eyewitness testimony from the ground. From people that actually, people that actually saw what happened, and all this was put together into a report, which would seem to me to be undeniable evidence that this UFO encounter uh, did occur. Now, why the UFO decided to break off the encounter the way it did, who's to say? But the fact that we have such great, reliable witnesses and multiple witnesses, I think, is awesome. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.